Welcome to the B2B Mix Show with Elena and Stacy. Each week, we'll bring you ideas that you can implement in your own marketing strategy. We'll share what we know and advice from industry experts who will join us from time to time here on the show. Are you ready to mix it up? Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I'm Stacy Jackson. And I'm Elena Jackson. We are the co-founders of Jackson Marketing. And in case you still haven't heard, we are also sisters. We're bringing you episode 23 of the B2B Mix Show. Stacy, what's the topic of today's episode? Today, we are taking a page out of your favorite television show's playbook by doing a flashback episode, mainly because we had some scheduling snafus that caused a gap in the schedule. You know how summer is. Don't worry, though. This flashback episode is not just an assembly of clips. We're going to sing about them, too. Take it away. A little for the Peter B. Mix show flashback episode. Stacy. Words escape me, but we talked about this. Nobody wants to hear you singing. Nobody wants to hear a musical episode of our podcast. And just look what you did to the dogs. Don't worry, folks. I'm reining her in. We are not singing, nor are we just stringing a bunch of clips together. Instead, we're talking about everything that we've learned from our guests and putting it together in a tip list format for anyone who wants to download it. Fine. I mean, I do think my musical stylings would add a little flavor to this episode. Of course, I guess our guests are well-respected enough that their advice and insights can stand on their own. Ay, ay, ay. Yes, it would definitely add some flavor, but I'm not sure it's the flavor we want. So now that we've got Stacy's outburst out of the way, let's talk and walk down memory lane and put some of the most interesting and important insights our past guests have shared. Is that good? Sounds good. All right, so first, let's talk about some of the takeaways we had when it comes to Gen Z. On episode six, we had our 14-year-old niece, Kira Jackson, join us, and we talked about what insights can a 14-year-old share with marketers. One of the the first things that we, we noticed was not using social like other demographics are, so they are more private in how they use their social media outlets. And they love, 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 love video. That girl can't get enough of video. Yes. She doesn't go to Google to look for something. Her immediate first place to go is YouTube to find a video on something. That's always a fir- her first place that she goes. And they like to chat and like Snapchat and all different kinds of tools like that, where it's more of a private or one-to-one connection as opposed to I'm sharing something for everyone to hear and know about. And Kira's not unique among Generation Z. Uh, when we spoke to Larry Kim on episode 20, we yes, we were talking about Facebook messenger marketing for B2B, but we did get into the conversation about how marketers might reach Generation Z as they enter the workforce and start doing research for decision makers or for recruiters who may want to reach those Generation Z people. And he talked about how a lot of them are using Instagram. It's, yes, you're posting pictures, but you're not doing a lot of text posting about the minutia of your day-to-day life. And he gave some great insights on how people can use messenger marketing ads to reach that generation. It's not just Kira Jackson. It's Larry Kim, who's just a little bit more well-known than Kira saying these things. (laughs) Yeah. And to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, that having ways for recruiters to be using that to reach Gen Z. We also talked to Mark 
Emund from DemandSpring about B2B marketing in 2025. And we discussed how this generation for Gen Z and millennials also are changing the way that companies work and they're changing the way that, you know, that 40 hour work week in the office is is changing in the way we communicate with one another, the way that we where, where we go to work, how we work, when we work and all those different pieces are changing the way that we work. And I think that those are important to consider as companies want to grow and get some of those younger people in their offices and in their companies to work with them. Yeah, Mark's company has a very interesting group of those younger workers. I think he mentioned one is living in France now, another decided to move to North Carolina in a tiny house, another moved to Vancouver. So they're really embracing what the Generation Z and millennials are looking for when it comes to, you know, ability to just live their life on their own terms while they still work and get professional satisfaction. Right. So our next area that we identified that we have some overlap or complementary episodes has to do with branding and even customer experience. And some of the takeaways that we found actually started back in episode seven with our very first official guest, if you don't count Kira, Chad Nelson of The Basis Group. He's the founder of The Basis Group, and he is a B2B branding expert. And he talked to us about that the brand is bigger than just your features. And it's also bigger than just a logo. It has to present a promise to your external audience as well as your internal audience, your employees and your vendors. Everybody needs to know what your brand means and how it serves the customers so that they can feel guided to do the right things and express the right behaviors when they are serving those customers. And that leads to, you know, a great corporate culture. It helps employees do a better job. And that's all part of customer experience, which we know is such a huge deal right now. If you look at Forrester, Gardner, any of those companies have reports that talk about the huge impact of CX when it comes to uh, serving customers and maintaining loyalty. One of the things that you mentioned <clears throat> first was it's it's got to be bigger than their features. Those B2B tech companies get caught up in the features and they lose sight of the customer experience part because of wanting to tout their features, which is great. But we also need to focus on reaching our customers at a, a personal level and creating a good customer experience for them. Yeah, one that serves to meet their pain points. Next, we thought we'd bring up episode 13, where we spoke with our friend Daryl Prell of VanillaSoft. He's a CMO there. And that episode was every B2B brand needs a face. And what Daryl shared with us is how brands and personal brands are harmonizing so that the company can build more awareness and stronger relationships and positive feelings because there's that personal human touch to the brand. You've got employees, executives out there building their own personal brand, but in a way that aligns with and supports the company brand. And that employee visibility and advocacy can really help build credibility and trust. And again, that relates back to customer experience. People can make or break CX. It's not just about technology. Technology does help serve customers better. But again, you have to have strong employees to help you serve the customers well. Right. And we've been working with VanillaSoft for a while now. And the visibility that Daryl has brought to the company has been a huge impact on their overall image across the board because he's very visible now. He's speaking at many uh, conferences. He's doing videos on LinkedIn. He's doing webinars. He's 
everywhere. So having that voice for your company and that image for your company really helps to create a more personal level for people to connect with your brand. And I think that's so key for companies to realize that you really need some, not just one face, but multiple faces to your company, I think is a good idea. When we talked with Blacksmith Applications and we talked with Jennifer Schiffman and Caitlin Oros, and we talked about the power of print in a digital world, which is something you don't hear about a lot lately because everything's digital. And they have a magazine that they put out called Smoke Jumpers that really draws some great attention with their customers and their following. I think a very important point that Jennifer brought up has to do with being able to talk the talk. This industry, Elena and I have worked in the food service trade promotion part of the niche they serve. And it's a lot of finance people. They can smell a poser a mile away. And if your way that you talk to them, if you don't sound like you know exactly what's going on and the ins and outs of the industry, then they don't really care to talk to you. Why are they going to trust you with hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars of their money if you can't talk the talk and walk the walk? So that brand journalism really is important. Their magazine is very well written. They do it all in-house. I believe one of their customers even asked them what agency does it for them. So you know they're really serious about telling the right customer stories and presenting the right information that makes these hard to please, hard to convince prospect that, that they know what they're doing. It's not even just about print versus digital. It's about being able to tell a great story that's credible and meaningful. So next, I want to hit on uh, episode 15, content curation's role in marketing, sales, and beyond with Scott Rogerson, CEO of UpContent. And UpContent is a content curation platform. And one of the things that we discussed in that episode is something we're big believers in. Everything you share or curate online, whether it's on your blog, social media, whatever, to help reinforce your brand, both from a corporate and personal perspective. If you're sharing things just to be sharing it, or you didn't read it, so you don't realize it's a great press release about how awesome your competition is, then you probably shouldn't be curating. <laughs> and that curation, too, should serve your audience as much as it serves you as a marketer or a salesperson trying to fill the content gaps in your social schedule. You need to make sure that whatever you're curating, not only aligns with your brand, but it also helps your audience understand that you know exactly what their pain points are. You can recognize it and what other people are writing and you want to be able to be a thought leader and a resource by sharing this information. Nobody wants to hear you talk about yourself all the time. You know, so show that you are out there and you're learning and you're learning more about what other people are talking about and you're sharing other people's information that you find valuable so that you can add value to what other people are trying to learn about the industry or whatever it is that you're talking about. So the last one is we talked to Nicole Baker and she is a PR and analyst relations specialist. We talked about analyst relations for small and mid-sized tech firms. This one was a very eye-opening one, I thought, because we don't always think as a small business that you can get in front of these research firms and get your name out there because you're, you know, you're small or you just started and maybe you don't have the money or it's something like that. So but she shared some ways that you can do that and it's it can be huge for your company. And it's not specifically about branding, but it, it lends itself to branding and it shows analysts that your solution can deliver on your brand's promise. And so getting your name out there delivers that message to them. One thing that she did mention is that a lot of people, when they're looking for a new solution to use, they will go to research companies and ask them, you know, what's the best? And if they've not heard about you, then they're not recommending you. And so that to me was like, oh, yeah. 
duh. So I think it's very important that you're getting your name out there through these research companies. Hey, folks, let's take a break to hear about today's sponsor. And we are back. So the next area of takeaways we wanted to hit on has to do with the sales side of things. We've talked to a few different leaders who are more on the sales side, as well as some marketers who had some insights on sales. Let's revisit episode 15 with Scott Rogerson on that curation topic. One thing that he brought up that maybe not a lot of us in marketing think about is how marketing can help sales and sales can help marketing through the use of curation tools. And that can help develop like an internal learning center. If you have some hubs set up in a tool like UpContent, you can set up a industry vertical hub. So salespeople and marketers can share the latest information. And that also offers a tool like that, a way for sales to know what's been vetted and is appropriate for them to share on uh, social media as they do their social selling. So that's a, that's a way that sales can educate marketing on things they may not see day to day since they're not out in the field and in front of customers. And it's also a way that sales can get some help from marketing in vetting and ensuring they have the best content to share on their LinkedIn and Twitter profiles. Yeah. And then we moved on to episode 16. We had Sean Finder from AutoClose on, and we talked about how to create a killer email sequence that converts. And Sean had some really great information to share with us. And he started off with saying, you know, don't lead talking about yourself. Lead with talking about what your potential customer can get from working with you. So his big thing was, don't start your emails talking about, hey, I'm so-and-so. It's, it's about, hey, what if I could do this for you? You know, think about how you're saying what you're saying. And is it going to draw them in to want to know more? Yeah, because we're talking about email here. So when you think about an email that your sales reps may be sending or that you as a salesperson may be sending, you don't want when people are looking at their mobile phone to see your subject line and, hi, this is Stacy Jackson from Jackson Marketing. You want them to see, hi, what if I could help you increase your lead generation by X? You want to be able to pique their interest in that short, short little blip that the cell phone or the email client lets them say otherwise you're probably going to get deleted and when even though we were mainly talking about emails he did mention that you've got to combine social touches and other outreach with your email so it can't just be email you've got to be on social you got to be on the phone and all the different ways that you can reach someone your cadence needs to involve different types of touches. Another episode that we haven't talked about yet is how marketers can get more in tune with sales and that was with Jack Kazakowski of the creation agency. And he made several good points about not just about salespeople, but marketers, you've got to start thinking like a salesperson, you've got to think, how am I going to help this salesperson accomplish what they need to do? Because it's super noisy out there with all the content that's available. And you've got to think, how am I going to help my sales team break through and reach people with the information they want to know? And he suggested that some of the things you might do would be to actually sit down and talk to them and help them give you the information you need so that you can write up a nice post that's from their point of view and give it to them to publish on their LinkedIn profile on their publishing platform there. That just helped get the word out about your content. It helps get the word out about your company, and it helps them build their personal brand. Finally, he mentioned that he was amazed at how many companies waste so much money on marketing collateral and never got any salespeople's input. And that's so important that, yeah, we always hear about sales and marketing alignment, but 
you've got to get aligned. You've got to have those conversations to ensure that you're helping the salespeople bring in the money. Right. And they're the ones that know what the pain points are and what their prospects and customers are dealing with. So we we have to be in communication with them to get aligned and to get the messaging on target that's going going to reach those prospects. All right, so the next one that we're going to talk about is episode 21 and we had Kurt Shaver from Vingresso visiting on the show and we talked about the state of digital selling with LinkedIn and this is something that a report that they have put together of Vingresso and we're going to quickly talk through some of the four key takeaways that were mentioned in the report. And the first one that we're going to talk about is that a high SSI, which is a social selling index score, is linked to common behaviors and habits of successful sales results. Go out and check out your SSI score. See where you where you need to focus on to improve. And that's going to give you better results uh, if you improve in those areas. And then you you need to be focusing on using advanced search because only 27% of the survey respondents are actually using advanced search more than 11 times per month. And that's crazy. If you're in sales, then you should probably be using advanced search on a regular basis, almost almost daily if you're doing any kind of prospecting. So that was kind of a, a eye-opening stat along with the next two that were really actually pretty crazy as well. So the third takeaway they found was that more than one third of respondents never share content with their network on LinkedIn. What? Really? That is like, wow, that more than one third. And these are salespeople they looked at in this report. So that is huge. You've got to be sharing content and creating value for those that you're trying to connect with and sell to. And then the last takeaway from the report was nearly three in five respondents said that they do not publish any media on their profile. So they don't have any documents, any videos, any presentations, nothing on their profile. You've got to have a good LinkedIn profile because that's the that's one of the first places somebody's going to come to check you out to find out if you're legit. So get with your marketing people, get with your sales manager, find out what content you have out there that's available that you can put on your profile because you've got to have that stuff out there. Do ebooks, white papers, videos, you know, presentations, anything that you can have that's going to beef up your profile. And when someone comes to check you out, they know a little bit more and you're adding some value to that. So go check out that report if you haven't yet. It's a, it's a really good report. And then the last one that we have for this section was from episode 22 with Mark Eamon from Demand Spring. And we talked about the, again, we talked about B2B marketing in 2025. And one of the things that he brought up is the growing role of the chief revenue officer. And it's kind of flattening of the sales and marketing teams and more there's more alignment and harmony because these two teams are rolling up to this chief revenue officer. And it's just creating more collaboration between the two teams so that sales and marketing can work better together. All right. So let's power through some content marketing issues and topic and takeaways. So starting back at episode 12, we spoke with Liam Martin of Time Doctor, and he was using podcast interviews as a way to really get the word out about his conference that he co-founded, the Running Remote Conference. And 
he really saw some great results. One thing that's a takeaway for marketers there is don't just get stuck in a rut thinking video, blogging, even doing your own podcast. There are opportunities to get the word out by becoming a podcast guest yourself. And he said that that was more cost effective for them than Facebook ads. And he got a better ROI by spending his time doing, I think, 300 interviews between February and May. And that also helped with SEO because he got a ton of backlinks from different sites. Yeah. And the next episode we want to talk about is, again, back to Daryl Pearl from Vanilla Soft, where we talked about every B2B brand needs a face. And the best content goes further with social conversation and visibility to break through the chaos. Just because you post something out there doesn't mean that it's gonna be seen or heard. You've got to get it with the right process of promoting it. And the best content, like we said, is gonna go further if you've got that social conversation. And when you have that face to the brand, they can have some really good social conversations and get the word out about your content. Yeah, think beyond that logo, Twitter profile, or your LinkedIn page, get your executive sharing, get your salespeople sharing, get employee advocacy going, because it can help you distribute content and make it more available and more easily found. Kind of back on the episode where we spoke about the power of print in a digital world, just just to underscore again, you know, brand journalism is important if you're going to do any kind of magazine or news style type of reporting. But also just remember to have a good team of, of writers and creators because you need people that know their stuff and can help tell your brand story in a way that's credible to both your audience and your salespeople because salespeople need to believe it too. Right. And then the next piece is going to be talking about how to work with a freelance writer. And we had Megan Alvaretto on our show and she is a freelance writer and she creates a lot of content for different kinds of brands. And one of the things that she spoke about regarding content is respect the deadline. Make sure that everyone is in agreement on those deadlines. Make sure they get done on time and that things are going out when they say that they're going to go out. That's one of the main things she did bring up is that, you know, you've got a deadline. Don't keep bugging your writers because then you're holding up the process and you might be causing it to miss the deadline because you're constantly asking, how are we doing? Are we on track? Blah, blah, blah. Respecting that deadline is key. And then having just open communication and a partnership to get the content you need. So openly talking about what's needed and the process that you want to go about getting that done. I think those are some good key points to remember when you're working with freelance writers and your content marketing strategy. Back to the episode with Mark Eamon. Obviously, the entire conversation was about marketing, but some important points he brought up had to do with marketing is more important than ever. And I think we saw that even echoed in the Jack Kozakowski episode and that content is important. But one thing that Mark really emphasized was that the buyer's journey has changed so drastically that that content is really sometimes the first touch point before a salesperson ever gets on the scene. So it has to be good. It has to be great. As you're creating these pieces and evolving your marketing department, think about the ways that marketing technology is going to help you uh, do better, do more personalization, get the word out in a way that makes sense. And makes things a little more streamlined and efficient. And I think it would be 
worthwhile to swing back around to the Larry Kim episode too, to talk about how can messenger marketing help with content distribution and content promotion. Any points you want to bring up there, Elena? One of the things that Larry talked about that I thought was a good idea is in Facebook Messenger chat is to share your content through Facebook Messenger. And sometimes you just think about promoting, go get a free trial or do a demo or whatever, and not just, hey, here's a really great blog post or check out this ebook or pillar page or something. So I think that that was, that's a really cool way of connecting with your audience and promoting your content is through Messenger. I really like how Larry said to, to make it engaging and kind of ask a question versus making a statement. If you've got a really cool blog post, don't just say, hey, read our blah, blah, blah. Just say, hey, did you hear about blah, blah, blah? Ask a question. Get the people that want to engage with your messenger uh, on Facebook. All right, so the final category is AI. And I know AI is something that sometimes freaks me out a little bit. But our guest gave me a little bit of hope. In episode 19, Jack Kotzikowski kind of hinted, well, I guess he didn't hint, he kind of outright said that most of the things that you hear about AI right now are overblown. It's hype. It's not really here to take your job, maybe yet. But, but that, you know, don't sweat it too much yet. There are things that AI is going to do that will make jobs more streamlined, maybe, and might take away admin jobs. And that kind of goes along with what Mark Eamon said. Lena, you want to hit on what Mark told us? Yeah. So in episode 22, Mark shared with us a lot of the mundane and repetitive tasks that we do as marketers will be able to be taken by AI. But that is going to open up other areas, which is fine with me if they take all those admin repetitive tasks. That's good with me. But it's going to open up a lot of those areas analyzing data where they'll need special people to analyze the data and focus on some of those other areas that are more involved and need somebody to look at what's happening and and doing those jobs. Yeah, I think it's going to be the rise of the marketing technologist. He also brought up a good point that with AI taking on some of these mundane tasks that it will give creatives and strategists more time to just think about marketing. So that'll be a welcome thing with AI when it finally gets to that point. As long as Sophia, the robot, doesn't come take my job away, I'm okay with it. Yeah, because I think as marketers, there's so many things that have to happen. And a lot of them are just administrative and repetitive type tasks that, like you said, I think it will give marketers time to actually have more time to think about the overall strategy and what's going on. And I think that that will help to maybe even change the way we do things. I'm not going to get deep into it here. So go back and listen to episode 22. But he had some really crazy scenarios about bot on your side dealing with the bots on the supply side and how it'll just negotiate everything between those two. It was wild. So go listen to that episode and see how you may need to start keeping more money in your bank account because Alexa may just start ordering for you. (laughs) He didn't mention Alexa specifically. All right, Elena, anything else you want to close out this episode with? I don't think so. I think that there was a lot of good stuff in each of those episodes. And if you haven't listened to them yet, you need to. So who do you think our our most famous guest was? Kira Jackson? Oh, definitely. A 14-year-old in middle school? Absolutely. (laughs) 
I know. She was an exciting, exciting guest to have on. She actually did a great job. All right, Elena, let's close this sucker down. Can I sing yet? Maybe a little. Let's close out the episode like we would normally do with our guest. I'm going to ask you first, and then you can ask me. If you weren't doing your thing at Jackson, what would you be doing as your dream job? Well, for me, I love volunteering and doing stuff for other people. And um, currently looking at adopting from foster care, I'm learning more about all the craziness happening in the foster care system. So I think it would be really cool to be able to have almost like a dorm room kind of situation for kids that age out of foster care so that when just one room? No, you know what I mean? Like a dorm, (laughs) gosh. A dormitory. Yeah, thank you. Anywho, something like that when they don't have a family to help them and support them and the system has kind of tossed them out, they have a place to go and they don't have to pay a lot. You know, maybe they pay X dollars to to stay there to help, but there's a place for them to go and they feel like there's a sense of community and almost a family situation because it just breaks my heart that these kids age out of the system and they've got nobody. I don't, I could imagine not having my family as my support system. And I think being able to do something like that would be pretty awesome. You do have a good heart, Elena, and you do love to help people. If you weren't hanging out with me and doing this whole Jackson marketing thing, what would be your dream job? I don't know. I've got two kind of that overlap or dovetail. Like I sometimes I think at least from a weird rhyming and sense of humor perspective, Weird Al and I are kindred spirits. I'd love to write parody songs and sing them and even partner with him. That'd be great. Yeah. Or be a backup singer. I like to be in the background. I, I also like to help people and I like to make people shine and be the star. So, you know, busted out my awesome harmonies to support them, put that sweet layer underneath their melody. That, that's me. Well, both of those would be perfect for you. Yes. Either one of those. I would have to work on my backup dancing skills though. So <laughs> I'm not a good dancer, people. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys know what I deal with all the time, though. Constant singing. Right. But it's all good. It's fun. All right, Elena, if our listeners would like to connect with you, what's the best way to reach you? You can reach me on Twitter at Elena underscore Jax, A-L-A-N-N-A underscore J-A-X, or look me up on LinkedIn, Elena Jackson. If they want to get in touch with you, Stace, how should they reach you? You can reach me at Twitter at Stacey underscore Jax. That's S-T-A-C-Y underscore J-A-X. I am also on LinkedIn. I've got I've got an Instagram page too, but it's just boring pictures of the dog. But you should check out our show profiles that B2B Mix Show on Instagram and B2B Mix Show on Twitter and B2B Mix Show on Facebook. All right. Thanks everyone for bearing with us during the scheduling snafu episode. And don't forget to follow us on social and you can find all the links in our show notes. And you can also leave Leave us a voicemail via the Anchor mobile app, and you can also do that now through our Anchor webpage, too. So leave us a message, and we might share it on one of our upcoming episodes. Guests return again next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. The B2B Mix Show is hosted by Stacey Jackson and Elena Jackson of, you guessed it, Jackson Marketing. If you need help with your B2B inbound marketing efforts, visit us at jacksonmarketingservices.com.